Oh, well, hello Welcome there. back. Hey, Welcome. hey. <laughs> we, we have to try to get in sync. Welcome back, everyone. Episode 10. Um, I feel like uh, that's a milestone of some sort. 10, you know? So i got to fix this. I feel like 10 is a milestone crazy. of some sort. So I love you talking about being in sync. Dude, you literally start off every episode. You're like, welcome back. And I'm just sitting here always <laughs> like... <laughs> right, right. We'll get we'll get it in you front know. of mine. Um, <laughs> but ten episodes in. Uh, so thanks everyone for tuning in. Who tunes in and listens slash watches or a mixture of both. Um, a lot of great feedback on the last episode with her sister uh, with Rookie, which is really nice. And uh, we plan on having uh, some guests on in the future, family, friends, uh, interesting people to have discussions with. Um, but yeah, a lot's been going on. Sheldon and I have been speaking about a lot recently. Um, it's funny because whenever we get into a conversation, a lot of times he's like, why don't you save it for the podcast? But I think also it's good to sort of <clears throat> mull things over sometimes beforehand. Um, but something that I saw that I was about to bring up that I wanted to talk about um, was apparently, I didn't hear about this till I saw a video on it, but apparently um, Ilhan Omar, who does not like Jews, um, made a comment about, I don't know exactly what the comment was, but a comment about Jewish people and money, um, an anti-Semitic comment that she got backlash for. And then Joe Rogan was discussing it on one of his recent podcasts and him and the guests were saying how he didn't, how he didn't really think she needed to apologize for it. Um, or that, uh, and then he made a comment in a joking way that to say that Jews don't like money is like saying Italians don't like pizza. You know, they were laughing. And so I saw Ben Shapiro, I made a video about it. He's like, listen, I'm friends with Joe Rogan. I don't think he's an anti-Semite. He's like, I think it was yeah. a bad comment to make. Um, but I was thinking about it a lot because I feel like when it comes to things like that, uh, anti-Semitism or racism of any kind, I feel like it's pretty easy to tell when it's, when it's coming from a place of, or from of a hate. person who has, exactly, from a place of hate versus... Yeah, you probably shouldn't have said that. You said something in bad taste, but it, it wasn't coming from a hateful place. You know what I'm saying? And that's why like comedy is one of the few places where, where people get a break because obviously it's not coming from a place of hate. It's coming from a place of you love. See, and, and I feel like nowadays with this like PC culture we're living in, or I guess more specifically you, because in America it's like to another level, but I feel like comedians don't get a break nowadays. And every so. single comedian is like nervous of what they do. You can't say anything. I mean, even... Even in not in a crazy context where it was like Chris Rock when he made that comment about, you know, Jada Pinkett Smith and G.I. Jane 2, the fact that Will Smith literally came up on stage and slapped him clear across the face at the Academy Awards, it's like, and this is like a year later, and it's still so like, how do you Has do it that? Has been a year? Yeah, almost a year. Mm -hmm. And it's just crazy because I feel like we're living in a culture where, like, you can't say anything. And I feel like, to me, like, I feel like, you know, we've discussed the fact, like, you know, I feel that happiness is a choice and right. it's not something that, like, comes to you or, like, something like that. Like, you really have to choose to be happy. And I feel like, you know, life is crazy. Like, it gets crazy at times. And I feel like we can either laugh or cry. And I feel like right. I'm, I'm a very open person. Like, you know, Joan Rivers is someone that I always loved. Because she didn't care who you were, what you were. She, you know, joked around about everything, but she was also very self-deprecating. So it wasn't just like, I'm going to shit all over you and that's it. It's like she would joke around about herself. Everything was up for grabs. And I like that. Like, you know, even Family Guy, like, you know, right. more so back in the days than now. I feel like there there has to be a sense where, like, you know, like you said, 
there you know when it's coming from a bad place and you know when it's not coming from a good place. Like, you know, Joe Rogan making that comment, like if I was him living in this PC culture that we're living in now, I probably would have hesitated before saying anything right. because, you know, there's going to be backlash. But if this was like 15 years ago, even probably 10 years ago, it wouldn't have been such a crazy comment. I personally right. found it funny. If it came, like if it's a right. Jew making fun of a Jew, obviously it's okay. It's like, you know, if you're if it's your own people for sure. But I feel like he's not someone who I would consider an anti-Semite in any means. If Kanye West would have said something like this, it would have been a different story. But I feel like there is something like that. So I feel like also people- He said, he said a lot worse. He said a lot worse than- Oh, than, no, 100%. Than but I feel like right. it's so people get so worked up and it's like, you know, that phrase, like pick and choose your battles. And it's like, right. it really, in that context, makes sense. Like you see people on YouTube view, a YouTuber can make like the, like the most like simple comments ever. And someone can misinterpret it as it's like a tap on the community and like go crazy on them. And it's like, like, this isn't the person you should be spending your time arguing with. You should find the real right. people who are actually causing the issue. It's also interesting because there is like historical reasons for why Jews have been, have been, bankers involved in finance and trade because we were not allowed to own land in various countries that we lived in already back in Spain. We couldn't, and we that's how I became land. a banker. Yeah. <laughs> like, like the Rothschilds, like one of the wealthiest families of all time, right? They're bankers. Yeah. Which is very, no, so sure. it's, it's very interesting. But again, I also think like, it's like you said, it's good and it's healthy to joke around. And, and it also, I feel like, helps maintain a platform where we could have discussion and healthy criticism because there always is room to grow and work on things. And, but again, like criticism, not cynicism. I always say like, I have a really hard time. Um, like for like in my own life, there are people, uh, religious people that I, let's say I have studied some of the writings or I like listening to them. But once you start getting into waters of putting other ideologies down or other opinions down, uh, in the face of yours, I, I can't, I don't know, I can't, I have a problem that really bothers me, like just puts me off completely. And, yeah. but criticism is important. It's healthy in order to grow as a society, as a community, it requires criticism and looking at ourselves and how we can grow. But yeah, I don't think it should have been an issue. I think Ilhan Omar is an anti-Semite. I don't think that's a surprise, but I don't think uh, making a fuss about all of these things, if anything, it's going to take away from serious, real issues, you know, real problems and real occurrences in anti-Semitism that have to be addressed as well as any other occurrences of any sort of racism. Yeah. Kind of like everything with Barcelona, with like the mayor there condemning Israel and wanting to break ties, even with Tel Aviv right. because of the apartheid country that we're throwing over here. We're right. just out of control people. Honestly, like my daily life is just crazy. I'm always, when I'm not in a tank, I'm in like combat. It's crazy. You know, I just can't, <laughs> I can't even, right. um, it's, crazy like and you know i work as a social media manager in a high-tech company here in tel aviv so i'm on social media all day and on twitter like tel aviv is trending and i'm like clicking on it and it's all these people just weighing in in israel in the apartheid country and they're so hard on the palestinian people and all this yeah. stuff and it's like it infuriates me because 95% of these people, if not more so, have never even been to this freaking country ever exactly. before. So you literally have a, no idea what you're talking about. It's like my mother, like she always gave like wisdom, like words of wisdom. Shout out Miss Joe Brock. Okay. Um, but like <laughs> she always gave words of wisdom. And like one of them was like, if you don't know what you're talking about, then don't say anything. And right. it's like, it's so true. You've never even been here. I'm not going to like, you know, 
be freaking out about another country, unless it's something like Russia where they invaded Ukraine and we literally know what's going on and all that kind of stuff. Where there's no, it's kind of like, um, yeah, what, what is, why is this going on? You don't know what you're talking about. I'm literally living here. I'm seeing the situation. I know what's going on. You don't. And it's so infuriating to me. And then I see people, so many people from America who are chiming in the conversation, agreeing and how horrible it is. And, and like, I see this stuff and it infuriates me. And then I'm like, I'm just so glad I don't even live in that country anymore because it's literally, it's one thing when I'm living there watching the news and I used to visit Israel all the time and I would say right. the way the news is portraying it. But like when I'm literally living here, going through it, when, like like I mentioned before, with the rockets that were like coming into Tel Aviv, and like I'm going through it and I'm seeing what's happening, and like you're telling me what's going on when you literally don't, you're not even here, but I am, and I'm an American right. living in Israel, seeing what's going on. Like I'm, you know, firsthand account. Like bitch, please, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Like keep it to yourself. Keep right. it to yourself. You don't know who you're protecting. They're right. not even good to their own people. That's the thing is I don't, I'm not, I'm not a crazy rightist where like all the Palestinian people are bad. Not even a little bit, not at all. I have friends who are Palestinian. It's not like that at all. It's the fact that the people who are living in these, in these areas that are, you know, if they're Arab Israeli, they're allowed to live wherever they want. But the people who are living in the Palestinian authority controlled areas, the Palestinian authority doesn't treat their own people well. It's not like they're treated by their own people well. Right. And a lot of them deserve justice and to be treated better, but they're not getting a death from their own people. Don't blame Israel for that. It's and most so of the aid that ends up going like into Gaza, for example, not going probably to the all the aid it's going to, it's going to, 100%. to Hamas. Mm-hmm. Well, like as I said to you before, also like like with with with, with Barcelona, I wasn't surprised just because it's it's been a fairly common place for anti-Semitism to occur. Like I said, when I was there. I went to Spain when I was uh, already a while ago, when I was 15 uh, or 16, I went to Spain um, on a summer program. Shout out to NCSY for changing my life. Me too. Um, for the better. And Rabbi Lashak. I know about that much. for me. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I went on a program. We went to Spain and we I went on the same program for three years. We traveled to a bunch of different cu- countries in Europe. The only two places that we really had to buckle down on security that we weren't allowed to wear yarmulkes. We had to wear um, hats and we couldn't call a rabbi rabbi. We had to call him a professor was in, I think in Greece, Greece, we had a security guard who really super intense, super intense. This guy was in the, in the military there for like 30 years. He would walk around. He would, when people would get close to our group, like (laughs) we'd be walking with like 40 kids or 30 kids and, like a random sweet couple would just be walking by to like get a view and they would get within like a few feet of our group and he would just get up like real close next to them in their face and like walk sideways with them till they got past check for bombs in rooms before we went in. I think he oh was overdoing God. it. In Greece? Yeah. Yeah. He was overdoing it. I mean, Greece has been, there's a lot of anti-Semitism there. Really? But, um, but, uh, <clears throat> Spain as well. Yeah. We weren't allowed to, to wear our yarmulkes anywhere. Um, so, I mean, it's not very surprising, I guess, um, the Spanish Inquisition. So that's the thing. It's like, really, these sentiments like, go you're going to talk <laughs> like what a freaking joke. Like, shall we go back to history? Like, really, people, if they're always talking about they want to pretend like Palestine was here before Israel. Really? Let's let's go back into history then. Let's really delve into right. all of that then. Like, right. How far it. back do we go? Right. What do we pick? That was a question. Right. Jordan Peterson had a really good, he had a sit down interview with BB Netanyahu. Uh, 
recently, which I can't stand the guy. Relatively, uh, a few months ago, I think, whenever he was in his... After he was re-elected yet again. But he asked him some of the hard-hitting questions like that, and he 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 answered them very. I, w- I was shocked how he answered them. He usually doesn't mention uh, mention God so much or, or reference the, the Torah at all. Hey, really hold on, but let's speeches, not get but twisted. It's interesting it, to hear. None of these people, no one in politics, specifically a prime minister, no, is having course. any interview without pre-approved questions, and they all have media training. And he has been in office so many times. For he sure, knows exactly what to say. And I'm, st- it's still, I'm such- still shocked that he would say it. At the end of the day, no, he has to say it. No, because he has such a right-wing government right now, and those are his people that he needs, that he has to say things like that. That's but, what it is. The, the, it's but the right's game. always it's been not behind that he me. really believes that. No, no, no. His government right now is extremely right, which is why we're having all these protests in Tel Aviv right now, because it's an extremely right anti-LGBTQ government. It's like, it's really crazy. This is the most right-wing government we've had in I don't even know how long. And he, so he knows his audience, just like Trump did. Everyone's like, oh, Trump loves the Jews. Trump knows who's going to be voting for him. Right. So he goes for those people. That's the same thing with Bibi. And it, it even works on you. You think, oh my God, he's talking about God. That's exactly what he wants. If he heard you say that, he would be like, I, shepping nachas because very funny. I never said I like Bibi or that. No, no, not me. about that. No, I'm saying I just like, said I was shocked. I'm surprised so, that he even mentioned it. It's strategic. It's not like, it's not like, uh, oh, he mentioned it. Well, I can see that. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I, but that's the thing is it, like politics is just such bullshit across the board. It's literally, it's, so that's the thing is even something minor like that, like thinking God or anything like that or acknowledging God, it's, it's strategic and it's thought okay. So through. let me ask you this: I know this is a, a digression, but I think it's important. What would you? What would it take for someone to convince you that what they're saying is coming from a true place? If you now know that every single politician or someone who's trying to make a change is really just has an agenda. Going. Not everyone trying to make a change. I feel like there's certain things. Um, you know, in reality, when you're a politician, you can't be your 100 percent authentic self. You literally have an entire entourage behind you aside right. from all the investors and the people who are right. investing into your campaign that you owe them and even though you're not allowed to get kickbacks it's legal and all this stuff but you owe them and then you have the whole entourage of people and then you are you're, you're kind of like a puppet and they're the puppeteers right. who are crafting you, you into exactly what you need to be for that position so it, it's really hard to be your authentic self because you can't because you're told to wipe that away and you have to clear your mind. And like I've said before, like, you know, you're becoming president or prime minister of a country or anything like that. Like you're literally taking the weight of the world on your shoulders. Like the, you know, that becomes like a literal thing. So, you know, if you're choosing that position, and everything, there has to be an ego behind it and you're willing to adapt in whatever way you need to be. There has to be an ego behind it. You, there's no way that someone who wants that kind of power does not have an, a large ego or a narcissistic personality. What if like they don't disorder? want that kind of power, but they and they wouldn't run for it? I think, or that, or there's no one else who seems apt who is running. Give me one one example of somebody. No, so who was I like, don't know anyone. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. I'm saying, what would it take to convince you? That was my initial question. What would it take to convince you? That someone is for that someone is for real. That someone is. It's like you know, there could be somebody is, who's incredible um, at their job, but they don't want to be that forefront person. So that's the thing is you, you and, and honestly, especially in America, it's not about oh, what do you bring to this world? How are you going to make things better? It's a popularity contest, and who's hot? That's literally what it comes down to. 
it, it, it's 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 really mind boggling. But like right, a lot of people, are kind of like it's like you know, there's some songwriters who don't ever want to be in the front stage. They write top you know ten songs for so many artists, but they don't want that spotlight. So those people are getting they're getting the royalties and everything, but they don't want to be that front center stage. And I feel like you know in politics there is a lot like that. People who are writing the you know the speeches and all this stuff. There's people who do have a lot of things to bring to the table, but they don't want to be at that forefront. That's the thing is it's someone who's being that leader. It's taking that on a lot forefront. of Yeah. You're you are you are the leader. It's it's like in, in battle. Right, like you, know, you have so many different sects. Like you are the main person that everyone's turning to, like, okay, what's next? But then right. you have everything that was going on in America with the State of the Union address and Joe Biden. And then you have psychopaths like Marjorie Taylor Greene, whatever the hell her name is. She's disgusting. I didn't, I didn't watch like, the... Uh... Liar! Liar! <laughs> All these other Republicans literally... I didn't watch it like, yet. I have to watch if, the like, State of the Union. Like, you know on Perm, how, like, whenever they say Haman's name, you're, like, supposed to stomp the floor, like, wave a grogger, like, you know, the things to make noise. Like, that right. was literally the Republicans at the State of the Union address. It was embarrassing. Whether you're right or left... Right. They made asses of themselves. It didn't even seem like a real State of the Union address. It's like, what right. is this world? I've sat these speeches where I'm sitting there listening to the person, like, thinking in my head, like, really, bitch? Is, is this really right. what you're saying? No, I'm, I'm not defending it. I'm not yelling out, like, ah! I agree with you 100%. I haven't, with some dead, I like, Shih Tzu Maltese around her neck. Like, literally, she's disgusting. Disgusting. And how is it that someone doesn't get assassinated like that, but their assassination on times on, like, regular, normal people? That's not a threat. <laughs> Um, Don't get twisted. I, it's I, I'm a, I think I agree with you. I haven't watched it yet. I want I, I'll I'll watch some of the highlights. It's probably mortifying. Time, I but, think that was this is the second time as an American I've been so embarrassed since the Capitol riots. This is the the, the it's just as embarrassing. This it kind of it also reminds me of of Trump's State of the Union address when Nancy Pelosi stood up after and what ripped up. The uh, the speech and that was amazing. That was amazing, but she didn't interrupt him or anything like that. She very passively, aggressively, but just like his other dress where she stood behind him, like like right. No, hundred percent, like I agree. It's they, so like that's the thing. It's like it's like throwing be, shade. It's like right. I throw shade all the time, but it's about doing it when you you're just still yelling, maintain like, a certain ah, level of, of 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 respect and and formality. Right. Unfortunately, Marjorie Taylor Greene, um, honestly, she either has an IQ below three. Or she just got hit by like a car really hard, and she also got voted damage. in. It, but it, the, she has severe. First of all, that's really concerning. But the woman, like, if she got hit in the head with a baseball bat really hard because it was metal, I would understand that she got some sort of concussion or like you know CTA <laughs> call to action, whatever the hell that like brain disease is that all the football players are getting, like CT or whatever. It's like, a real thing, <laughs> right? So if she had that, right. I would be way more sympathetic. Unfortunately, she's just some white ass bitch who has a lot of retarded opinions. And I'm sorry, <laughs> that's not a misuse of the word for anyone who thinks it is because actually, you know what it is because it's actually offensive to people who actually have a disability because. She's disabled in a different way. Severe issues. Someone like that shouldn't exist, let alone be voted in. She needs to be in a mental asylum. She should be in a room no bigger than a three by three that is all white, where she gets her meals delivered within a very small envelope type of box. That's all. She should not be out <laughs> walking in the world. A very small envelope type like, of box. Because her arm might come out and like, grab them and pull them in and like eat them for all we know. She's a right. sociopath slash psychopath slash I don't even know 
what term to call the bitch because she's out of her damn mind. We should get her on. We should get her on. And have a discussion. Oh, yeah, Marjorie. Please come on to the show. I would just love that. I would be MTG. drinking this wine so fast, I'd have to keep walking back and forth in my kitchen <laughs> to grab another you know, bottle because I'd be like, get, I you, cannot. You should just get an IV drip. Right? Uh, right? Just an IV drip. Just put it into me. Like, literally. <laughs> Oh my God! Give me that propofol or whatever Michael Jackson got. Like yeah, seriously, I have to. Uh, I haven't watched it. I did see. I did see a. Um, I think I'm not sure if I sent it to you. Uh, some they they do like the they dub the video so it looks like they're saying other words like the bad lip reading of the union address. So funny, but I have to. Yeah, I mean the government's been a joke for so long now. It's 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 it almost seems like a TV show. They could make the entire last ten years. Like a Netflix show in like a century. Literally, from now. like yeah. like I've said before, like as a, like as an American who moved to Israel, since I moved here, I literally have been sitting back watching TV, like what the hell is going on in America? Yep. Like, and when I decided to move here, I remember telling my therapist, like I was like, I don't know, I feel like America is just kind of like falling apart and stuff. And like since I moved here, it's literally been falling apart and stuff, but like way faster <laughs> than like I really thought. Right. But it's like I'm like sitting back drinking my wine, obviously, like I'm a freaking Olivia Pope, and I'm just like. Damn. Right. I was speaking to someone, uh, to a friend of mine the other day about, but America, and if, if we're going to plan on staying here, whether or not we're going to make the move to, to Israel, how soon, because we, we, you know, we both feel obviously like we spoke about <clears throat> that on that one episode. Not sure yeah, but we was. didn't really, we didn't really get to speak to you about why it is you don't live in Israel yet. Right. That's what everyone said to me afterwards. We heard yeah. why, 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 why Sheldon moved. We didn't hear why you're not there yet. Everyone well, the answer is just because we have things we're doing here now, vis-a-vis, uh, <laughs> vis-a-vis. Things <laughs> we're doing here now, right. We have, like, stuff going on and stuff. We have lots of things happening. We have lots of things happening and stuff. No. Um, well, my wife is in school. I was working here. I was teaching. And um, right now I'm working. My wife is working. And... We both want to, I think she has hours she has to finish up. Um, she's a social worker, shout out. Um, and, uh, Maybe she can help Marjorie Taylor Green. Yeah, I mean, there's just more logistical things that you have to work out. May, mainly just work, you know, make sure that you have a job. Yeah. Obviously, there's ways to get help, but, um, you know, that's a, that's a discussion for a different time. Um, but yeah, we've been in touch. We, 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 we opened a teak filter with, uh, Nefesh Benefesh, got that going. So God willing in the right time, Tova, in the right time, we will, uh, we'll make the move there. But, um, I, all these, all, all this stuff happening just makes it more, it just presses it more into us that, you know, we're, we're, we're making the right decision, aiming the trajectory, the trajectory trajectory of our lives in the direction of moving to Israel, you know, rather than. Yeah. I mean, it's also just scary. Like, you know, the six year old that shot his teacher, the 13 year old in Evanston, um, Illinois, who was just caught, who was going to shoot up like his whole school and everything. Really? It's like, and then, yeah. Yeah. I sent it into That's our family crazy. chat and like, you know, when you hear about things that happen in this state or that state or this city and that city, it's one thing. When you literally hear about a school that like you literally know and you know that area and everything, it's it brings so a much school, more. What home. where it was? What, do you know what school in Evanston was? Not the top of my head. Um, let me look it up. That's crazy. I wonder what Shoot that middle is. Middle school in Evanston. What's it called? 
Shoot Middle School, 13 years old. Shoot Middle School. Mm-hmm. He brought a gun on, on Monday. He was 13? 13 years old. 13. It's like, bitch, didn't you just have a bar mitzvah? Like, grab those checks and go to the bank. Why are you shooting up a place? No, but I'm just joking. In a serious matter, it's disgusting. And every single time this happens, which literally, I feel like every day on the news, you're hearing about another school shooting. And it's like, are you joking me? Like, it's not normal. That's crazy. We've become How do so you even desensitized get... to it. That's crazy. Yeah, shoot middle school. And, and an I always and... just think, I'm like, you know, you know, these parents, like, you know, you don't want to believe that, like, you know, did you not see any red flags, right. especially nowadays when this is happening all the time? Where they're course, talking about on the news, you probably like, do see red flags. But when do you know to when do you know to 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 draw the line between when do you know as a parent when between like you know my child has serious issues to he might actually go shoot up the school tomorrow? You know? Right, right. But how did this thirteen-year-old kid get a gun that was loaded? All right, so those are questions I need to answer. Didn't go to a store. Why was it in the house for him to access? Because there clearly were red flags of some right. sort. Right. That's so why issue. would you be having a gun that he could have access to? Was it a gun in, in the house? Was it a gun from the house? Is that confirmed? Um, I mean, I can't speak on that. But <laughs> so then, how do you know that? Because he's thirteen <laughs> years old. Thirteen years old. It's there has to be disgusting. some information on it. Disgusting. And in America, it's always like, oh, that's it. You have two sides, only two. He showed a handgun Either. to his classmates. And that's why he got caught, by the way. Thank God that like they did catch him. It could have been a freaking disaster. And now you're you're not only killing those kids, you're ruining the family's lives. You're okay, so hold on. The, the, the kid in uh, the school didn't seem like he went in there to shoot anyone. It, it literally just it, it, it sounds like he just brought a gun to school and showed his friends. Did you I'm read? Sorry. Did you read the article? Yeah, no, I've, I've been reading a lot of this. I'm just trying to figure out how you say that. Like that's a normal thing. It's not a he normal go, thing. It's terrible. He didn't go but to it's different to go- school. He brought a loaded gun to school and showed his friends. <laughs> no, it's obviously insane. But there's a difference between walking into a school with the intention to shoot up and walking in, pulling out a gun, and start, sh- and start trying to shoot people, than going to school and while you're hanging out with your friends, pulling out a gun in your backpack and saying, "Look what I got." Right, but why was it loaded? Um, right, it doesn't even say that there. Doesn't even say how how he got the how he got the gun. It just says a lot That's of the parents the are asking. But at I don't thirteen understand years old, how. think when you were thirteen years old. There's no way you're getting a gun at thirteen years old unless it's from within your house. Right. Like. Yeah, they don't even say because it's so fresh. And I'm sure they're figuring out. And I'm sure there's an investigation on the parents. Right. And this is already a couple months ago. There was a 14-year-old student who brought a gun to school in uh This six-year-old who shot his teacher a few weeks ago. Six years old. <clears throat> how yeah, does a six-year-old uh... know how to work a gun? How does a six-year-old have access to a gun? How does it I mean how to work a gun is you could see it from any movie or TV show that any any of these kids are probably watching. Six years old. Yeah. Do you have a safety on? You think that kid knows how to turn the safety off before you pull the trigger? Like 
well, think back when you were six, first grade, first grade, you think, no, you have your toy guns, you just pull the trigger and ha ha. When it's a legit gun, how did he have access to a loaded weapon with the safety off? Well, first of all, you could figure out how to turn safety on or off when you're that old. Yeah, like a oopsie doopsie. It's still surprising. It's still crazy. Beyond surprising. Terrible, but Beyond it's surprising. still like it, he could have he could have physically done it. You know? Oh no, physically for sure. But it's just psychotic. You're six years old. Right? How did he have access to a gun? Forget like even locking it away and everything. Literally put it on the top shelf of your bookcase. How is a six year old getting to that unless he has a huge ass ladder that he's good at climbing up and you don't even see him doing all that? Six right. years old. If he's not in play group, where are the parents watching him? It's like the mother is packing the lunch for the kid. Did you pack the gun for the kid or he just grabbed that on right. his way out with his mints? Like <laughs> it's not normal. And that's, I'm like, I'm that's like, what always that's what always scared me about potentially owning a gun was like, even if you have a safe, it's still just scary when you have, if you have kids in the house, they, you know, you just want to make sure that like it's, it's like growing up, our father had a gun. We used to always joke around. Like if someone breaks in our house, what are you going to do? Because he kept his gun at his office. So he would have to hop in his car, drive to his office, get to the floor that he's on, open that door, go to the office. That's actually his door. Open that door, right. go to one cabinet, unlock the cabinet, grab out the locked gun case, unlock it, grab the gun, go to a different cabinet, unlock that, take out the locked case with the ammo inside, take that out, put right. in the gun, go all the way back down his car, drive back home, and then he's ready for the intruder. It's right. like I mean, I don't think he, at that point, I don't think he had it for security uh, or defense as no, much but, as just. But even so, he had it locked away and like right. all separated and everything like that, and right. it wasn't even within the house. Right. I mean, when we got older, he had he had him in the house, and it was not an access to any small children. No, it was not. But it was on top of the thing. He had an he had an M sixteen right on top of a bookshelf that was not accessible to children. But it also was not loaded, and the ammo was not in the house. Right, that's true. So, like, that's the thing is like, it's a huge difference. You have a gun for a safe or something like that. I get it. You want to keep a gun in your nightstand table because of safety. Lock your door. Don't let your children in there. Like, it's just not normal. It's, it's interesting like- because while you bring that up with dad having a gun in, in Chicago, I was, I remember, and I think I was, I was telling someone this the other day, uh, this story, but uh, my friend Shragi and I, shout out Shragi, um, when we were growing up in Chicago, one Shabbos afternoon, Saturday afternoon, we went, we walked, I think I walked to his house or I was staying there and we were walking to a friend's house and we were in um, pretty heavily Jewish area in Chicago, West Rogers Park. There are non-Jews there as well. So it's a lot of people. It's a big area. Um, And we were walking down the street and all of a sudden two cars fly down the block next to us and come to a halt, like right where we are at the corner of a block. And there's a couple in one car and one guy in the other car. And one of the guys pulled, the guy pulls out a gun, the guy in the, in the, in the, in the bigger car and shoots at the other car. Sorry, like <laughs> yawning my story away. I'm exhausted. My kids have been like a little bit under, like a under the weather like, the last oh, few days. Really my kids have been under the weather the last few days. Everyone's getting out of it. Thank it's God. that time of year. But I'm very I feel tired. like everyone's getting sick. Half my half my team wasn't in the office. Um, but the sick. guy shot at shot at his car, and they just took off. So I beelined it out of there, 
Shraggy's just standing there like shocked. I'm Mind you, let's, I'm let's be real. Freaking out, running. If this was 2023, you'd be standing there TikToking it. Like, oh my God, give me a shout out if you think this is crazy. I mean, crazy. I wouldn't, but yeah, it was. But it, it, that was like one of the first times I was like, wow, maybe people carrying guns, you know, in shuls and, and, and you know, in synagogues is a potentially good idea. That's the thing in America. It's always with with gun reform. It's always like black or white. It's either right. everyone deserves a gun, our second amendment, we all deserve rifles and automatic weapons right. and all this stuff. Or the opposite side where it's like, no guns for anyone. We have to ban all of them. Everything would have, there's, there's like such a gray area that's not even right. touched upon. And this is happening every day. I live in Israel. So we're like, oh, is it dangerous there? Um, when's the last time we heard about a school shooting here in Israel? Right. How often do you hear about a school shooting in a country that's not America? It's, that's like, that's the thing is, there's a much bigger issue. And in Israel, there's areas you're able to get guns. I live in Tel Aviv. I can't even get a gun if I want to. And in the areas where you're allowed to get guns, you have to go through a rigorous process, a few interviews, and they do a whole background check and mental health check. So it's not so simple in America. It's like, oh yeah, you're 18 or like close to it. Okay, here you go. Here's an automatic assault rifle. Happy birthday. Like, where is the... The question is, the question I want to know is, 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 what, what is the underlying issue? Why are people going out and shooting up schools? What's the mo... Like, what, what is it? Is it a need for attention and they're sociopaths and they just want to see their, themselves on the news and having killed a bunch of people? Like, people what is like it? That. Because I think you can get access to weapons in other countries also. You can, if you're a criminal or if you're, you know, you can get a gun in America the same way if they ban guns, bad, you know, bad guys would still get access to guns. There's got to be a deeper underlying issue. Yeah, well, um, there's a lot of people who do want that notoriety. A lot of people who are, like, inspired. Like, there's, there's been shootings in the past where they said that they were inspired right. by, like, the Columbine shootings and stuff. So there are definitely people who want that notoriety, who want to get as many people as possible to be like, ooh, look what I accomplished. It's so sick. Um, And then there's other people that it's like, that's the thing. It's like, not only were their parents, but like there had have been signs. So were the kids not in therapy? If they weren't therapy, the therapist didn't get any inkling. Like there's just so many questions that I have that I'm just like, what the heck? What the heck? It's it's really really terrible. Like, it's like, if I, I would be petrified to have kids and like put them in public school in America, like every day, drop your kids off, like, love you, have a good day, you drive off, like, no, no, like, am I going to see them again? Like, is it going to be dangerous for them to be in English class? Like, it's not normal. Right. It's really crazy. Well, I yeah, guess I can't like, imagine that. I can't imagine, especially the parents with, with children in schools that this has happened at, you know? Uh, or in any surrounding areas, just you got it's got to be terrifying. And what happened? And, I'm, and there's a lot of families who have more than one kid, so it's like right. whether your kid was, you know, whether he survived or he didn't, you know, God forbid, or something like that. Like, uh, uh, do you feel comfortable ever sending your other kids back to school? If your kid did survive, right. are you ever going to feel comfortable? You're not going to have PTSD from dropping your kid off to school every day. Like, even if you go to a different school, you like right. it, it must always will. be in the back of your mind, like. Yeah, you're literally ruining so many lives, erasing generations that are to come. Like literally, there's so much damage that is not even comprehensible. Right. That it's not it's 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 just so horrific. It's so horrific, and like I just can't imagine. And I feel like you know, for a lot of these kids, if it's like some sort of depression or like they feel like the whole world's against them or stuff like that, like like you you need to. 
either get yourself help or like, like why, like, I would never promote self-harm or anything like that, but like, why would you bring other people into that with you? Right. Yeah. There's a, there's a saying in the, in the Talmud, in the, uh, Gemara, if you destroy one life, you destroy the world. Literally. Right. All the generations that would have, that could have come from that person. Like it, it's like you, you don't even realize the impact it makes. It's frightening. But I guess I feel like there is, bit- you know, at least our, my belief as a, you know, my, my personal belief as a Jew and what I've learned is that there is, there is always a balance of good and bad. Um, and unfortunately, obviously the bad and the radical minority and everything, um, always tends to have the loudest voice, but it's up to us to try to focus on the good things and build on that. Right. Uh, rather than dwelling and complaining about the darkness to increase in light and good things, be a good person, do nice things for people without posting it on TikTok. You know, right? It's don't like, double it and give it to the next person. Just I'm give like it to the first so person. amazing. So I'm going to give money to this like like ridiculous homeless person or whatever. Here's twenty dollars, but make sure I get a good angle of myself. Look at me. I'm giving this homeless person twenty dollars. Aren't I amazing? Right. Seriously, Hashtag that's what it feels giving. like. Literally, it's like embarrassing. But people like, watch that. You're doing, it gives them views and and. But no, that's and, what's so sad. If you're a giving person and you want to give back to the world, why do you need the notoriety? Why do you need to publicize that? Why do you need to film it? It's only for selfish right. reasons. So, so, I mean, some people I think will do it also because they can raise money to actually help people. But I feel like you can tell when it's like a TikTok influencer yeah. versus someone actually trying to help people out. You it's know, like look at me. I just got like five gallons of lip filler put on my lips, and now I'm giving twenty dollars as a homeless person. So like, like <laughs> right. and subscribe. Yeah, right. I literally can't. Um, and switching gears a little bit. Yeah, you spoke a shtickle bit, a little bit about uh, bit. Sam Smith and his performance at the Grammys. Right, and I haven't I, seen I, it. I, know, I know you, you like. You, you said something about, like, you heard he was at the Grammys, and I was looking for it online. I only found, like, clips that were from, like, news programs and stuff. But then I did watch the music video, and I, I have very mixed feelings about it. I know there's been, like, a lot of backlash. A lot of – well, first of all, there's been a lot of people who are like, oh, my God, it's satanic worship. He was on stage promoting satanic worship, all this stuff. It's, like, really, really people – he literally had devil horns on a red hat. How many people on Halloween wear devil horns in a very jokingly way? Are they promoting devil worship? He's at the Grammy right. Awards. Like I said with politicians, how they're media trained, any of these celebrities, he's doing something controversial, coming out of the song like that intentionally, having a performance like that intentionally. That's what's going right. to spark interest. That's what's going to like make him more money. And it's sparking you know, talk on both sides, left, right, doesn't matter. The right is like, oh my God, this is crazy. Left is like, oh my God, this is amazing. But everyone's talking about it and it's all part of this and it's right. all a planned Attention. thing. And to me, it makes sense. Um, on the other hand though, like, so from one hand, I see it as like a little much and everything. On the other hand, as someone who is part of the LGBTQ community, I identify as a gay man. I grew up never seeing anything like this. You know, there are a lot of TV shows who like, they clearly like implement like, you know, the token gay character, like they used to do with the token black character. It's like, look, we're diverse. We have one black person. And it's like, oh, no. That's what they do about gay people. And it's like, so there are a lot of shows and stuff nowadays that they do have representation in a more authentic and genuine way. I never had that as a kid. 
the only show plus that, like I've always talked about, was Will and Grace. There's nothing. And even in that show, they had to be very careful in the way they explored that. So I think there is something to say where it's like, if Madonna and Britney and all these other people can go onto the stage. So the one thing I have is the fact that it's the Grammy Awards. I do think the Grammy Awards, at least for me, I always thought of it as like a more like sophisticated kind of award show. I feel like the performance that it was, it seemed much more like a VMA show, which is a little bit trashier for lack of better terms. Um, For Grammy Awards, I feel like the Grammy Awards is much more of a sophisticated event. So it definitely didn't have that vibe. But I think if it was like a VMA or something like that, I feel like it's a way of showing that like, how how is it that we could sexualize women and put them in this light and that's acceptable or controversial or sexy, but the second that it's kind of flipped the script, it's like, oh, well, that's a little much. Kind of like when Adam Lambert, shortly after he won- I was won, just thinking about that. When I was shortly after he won, a, um, uh, you know, American Idol, he did that performance at the AMAs and- for one second, he kissed his pianist, not not penis, pianist, <laughs> and that was the biggest scandal. In the West Coast, they had like an eight-second delay, so they had a cut to a different camera angle for that scene, like all that. Britney and Madonna in 2003 kissed on the VMAs, and that was zoomed in on, and they immediately panned to Justin Timberlake to get his reaction because him and Britney had recently broke up. So that's, and that's an iconic moment that's in history and in the books, and that's all everyone talks about. But the second he kissed his penis for a second, that was like, oh, 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 this is crazy. Right. And it's like, so there is that. a double standard. I feel like there is that line to balance with whether or not he did it so well. Like, I feel like, like I said, I feel like for the Grammy Awards, I feel like it was a little much. I, I would not have done that for Grammy Awards. I, I mean, person, my my personal take is just I don't I don't like any of it from either side. I don't think anyone should be sexualized. I don't think anyone should be doing any, doing any of that in public. But that's my own. But the thing is, is is in that industry, it's not about it's not even about your talent nowadays. They don't even right. if, in the in the you know becoming an artist nowadays. They don't even care if you can sing it, whether or not you can it's sing. About, it's about being an entertainer. Can can you be exactly. an entertainer? And sex sells. That's that's just the bottom line, and it's been like that forever. And it's been done in different ways throughout history, where it's either some ways it's, you know, women are sexualized much more blatant, or it's in terms of owning the sexuality, promoting yourself. But in every, you know, decade or anything like that, it's always sex sells, but they market it in a different way, but they know it's going to sell at the end of the day. At the end of the day, regardless of how it's sold, it's the same thing. And, and, And that's the fact. So it's like, I kind of understand it at the same time. It's kind of crazy, but I also kind of understand it. If you're thinking like just a business person, you're not thinking of people like people and you're thinking of them like objects and you know what's going to sell. I work in marketing. If you're just thinking in a marketer's mind, you're looking at your artists as just objects, then yeah. Right, and people you, are just numbers. You're have to figure out. Exactly. So you just, you have to figure out, okay, now how am I going to turn this person or whatever? The thing that's sad right. though is like, you know, Sam Smith, like, you know, I'm not like a, I'm not obsessed with him. I think he's very talented. But like he has a great voice. He's a great songwriter. You know, he was always compared to like Adele and stuff. I keep saying he actually, and I apologize because I should be saying they because he identifies as they and them. So I should apologize for that, for misusing the pronouns. So like, you know, they always had a very, you know, strong, you know, voice and an incredible song, you know, writing. And then I feel like doing stuff like this 
is kind of overshadowing his talent. Like if Adele all of a sudden started coming up on stage twerking and all that stuff, we'd be like, like, what is going on? How do you go from hello to like Miley Cyrus overnight? It's like a little weird. That's what I, I that's what like- I said once about about Dennis Rodman. He's one of the greatest defenders of all time, but he's not remembered for that talent as much as he's remembered for his his uh, eccentric also, ways of expressing himself. But a lot of that is also from the media and the fact that that was so unheard of in those days. When we were younger, if someone colored their hair colors, it was like they would always get stares. Nowadays, like people had color in their hair, it's like oh that's cool. Oh like he was living in different worlds. And he didn't care what the media was saying and stuff about him, that he just did his thing. And that's what made it such a big deal. It's also that- Sam Smith didn't have this. I don't think, I don't think he ever had, he, I mean, at least, I mean, I never really li- listened to his music. I've heard his songs, obviously, on the radio. Um, but he never seemed like he was a particularly, um, I don't know, I would say out there person when it comes to these, ty- these types of things from his older, his older music. So, you know, well, comes, when he seems like when, all of a sudden, when- boom. Yeah, well, so when they came out with their older music back in the days, they were in the closet, I believe, and they didn't come out as anything, whether it was a gay man at first and then um, non-binary. So I I think a lot of that had to do with that. And so that's why, to an extent, I get it. It's like, you know, like they're still newly out and exploring themselves and they're exploring their sexuality and all that stuff. And I feel like when I was newly out of the closet, like I used to wear a lot of makeup or like I did my nails a lot. Like I I was so like... um. I, w- I was just so, um, like, closeted. I, I just can't even think of the term off my head. I was so closeted and so to myself. And like I said before, like, it's not just about everyone else and what they're thinking of me. It's like hiding it from myself. So when right. I finally got to a point where I was able to be myself, I didn't know what the real me was like. Because I've been, I've been putting on this mask and this persona for so many years that I never knew what I was truly like and what I wanted. So I, I, you know, I, you know, I had all these different, like, awkward stages, like trying to figure out what I liked and all this stuff. And it's like, you know... And I slowly got to a place where it's like I felt the most comfortable being me. And I feel like everyone goes to experience. And whether that is wearing makeup or doing the nails or, you know, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Like, I found me. If they find them, that's great. And that's just the most important. So I feel like they're on a journey of finding themselves. Um, I think it's a combination of a lot of things. I feel like it is pushing limits for money. I feel like it's pushing limits to show that the LGBTQ community LGBTQ plus communities here you can't get rid of us. So it's like, we're here, we're queer, get used to it. And then I also like, and then I just feel like it's also exploring themselves um, as an openly um, non-binary, like, you know, sexual person. So I feel like there's just, there's a lot of stages to it that it's very easy to make things very like, you know, flat and like, this is what it is and all this stuff. And I feel like there is um, a lot of layers to things. But I do stand by the fact that I just feel like the Grammys wasn't the right place for it. I just feel like all these award shows really lost their glitz and glamour and all this stuff. Yeah, I think American General has lost its glitz and glamour. Oh, totally. Totally. Now you just have everyone looking like the same. They're all like puffer fish. Like Madonna at the Grammys literally looked like a right. puffer but fish. But she was she came back and spoke out against everyone who was of ageism. ageism and misogyny. Yeah, and- it ain't ageism at all. Like Literally, you could be any age. It doesn't matter what happened to your face. Right. I don't think anyone like, mentioned her face. No one, I mean, they were just no, mentioning no the fact that she doesn't like, look the same. Exactly. I, I didn't find any tweet like, oh, my God, she looks crazy. Oh, and also, she's like 60-something years old. <laughs> right. No one's saying that. No one's like, oh, my God, Madonna looks out of her mind. P.S. She's 60-something. No, right. no one's brought up her age. 
Nobody right. has brought up her age. Even Heidi Montag, when she got all this plastic surgery after she was on the hills at like 20 something years old, people were going crazy about it. And she was 20 something years old, was an ageism bitch. It's like, what did you do to your face? And like right. we spoke about like, you know, Simon Cowell and all these people in the past. I'm all about that life. Like I like I'm I'm all about like, you know, you better work. Like you do you, boo. <laughs> but like you look crazy, boo. Like, calm right. down. And I don't even know if that's all filler. Like, I don't think you could deflate that shit. Like, that is like, she's been pulled so hard. One false smile and her face is just going to rip Claire off. She's going to look like Venom in Spider-Man. Like, it's scary. Like, uh, like she should be on being monitored for that right. face being ripped. It's right. like, it yeah. does. It, it, I never really understood that. We I know we spoke about that last time. Does not, you know, people want, want, I never understood people wanting to, or what they're trying to achieve, or if they think they look so, good, but so like the biggest trend right now is buckle fat removal surgery, which is like right under here you have buckle fat, which is right below a bunch of nerves and everything, and basically people are getting it removed. Which if you're not going to a good doctor, it's it's only like an hour. But if you're not going to a good doctor, they clearly damage your nerves and fuck up your face. But they go under and suction out the buckle fat, so it gives you like like super sucked in cheekbones so you look like crazy oh my gosh what's this everyone called? loves that buckle fat removal surgery it's i think it's like b-u-c-c-l-e um b-u-c-c-a-o oh okay yeah oh, yeah and to it, give you that that contour is that what they call it right so bitch contour your face because the thing is also is as we age we lose collagen in our faces and everything and your face your face starts to get more gaunt it's so pronounced removed, buckle? Yeah. I mean, so in, in the UK, they call it buccal. I was going to say, I would have said buccal. In, in the UK, they call it buccal, I believe. Um, and like, That's so crazy. Like, you, 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 you know, if you're removing that or everything, as you age and your face gets more gaunt, you're going to look like you're a freaking skeleton. Right. Unless right. that's what you're going for. If you want the Mary Kate and Ashley look, like you go for it. But like, it's a lot. And also you don't know what the side effects are. We don't, like there's certain things we don't know why we have it. But it's there for right. a reason. Right, you gotta so, be... yeah, so I have an appointment next week to get my buccal fat removed. <laughs> totally, totally kidding. I just want like an um, eyebrow left. But um, yeah, so on that note, I did want to mention before we sign off, um, I know we I mentioned briefly in the beginning, we wanted to start maybe posting something so we can get some suggestions or anything. If anyone wants to send in to either me or Sheldon personally through the any form of communication, any any questions or suggestions Instagram, or recommendations? Facebook. Any questions? We'll obviously keep everything anonymous. If you want to send in questions anonymously, um, I would say just message, just message them to us, and we won't tell anyone who said it. Right? Um, I'll be like, this anonymous message comes from Karen down the block, and she's right. wondering why she gets reach your manager. Right. So send send those in, and thank you everyone again for listening and for tuning in, and. Um, Subscribe to YouTube. Subscribe. We'll see you soon. Hit the like button, as they I just say. Did it again, like last time. The peace sign. Like I'm a the peace sign. Like it's exactly. Bye. I'm going back. And to we'll catch everyone next week. Take Bye. care, everybody.